Great to have you folks joining me this morning at New Church Live. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. It's wonderful to have you here. Whether you're joining us in our studio audience or you're joining us from all across the country, it's just great to have you here as we start this Advent season. And it's, it's just interesting, you know, I was smiling before church today thinking, uh, you know, as a pastor, you try to do different stories. You try to, you know, cover the breadth of the Bible with many, many beautiful stories and, and not repeat yourself all too often. And yet there are those times a year, like Christmas, where that's really the whole point. The whole point is actually to repeat yourself. The whole point is to come back to this story again and again, just like the Easter story. So we kind of have one foot in Advent, one foot in Easter. We put those feet, our feet there and we'll find ourselves spiritually grounded. So in a way, the Christmas story is a story of homecoming. Coming back to these stories that we deeply know, uh, stories if you're going through it with us for the first time, it's wonderful to have you doing that. And, and you'll hear some of the things, you'll hear some of the language, and it's beautiful language. So many times it, it strikes me about how this is not just like good news for what is called the frozen chosen, just this small little group. It's actually good news for all nations. That idea of the universality of it. That idea of a God that embraces all, not just a specific denomination, but that embraces all of humanity, that, that holds all of humanity, that is seen in all of humanity. A place where variety becomes perfection. And that's why Advent is, is, you know, that word that we use. I mean, the language that we use again and again that the, the Christian forefathers came up with was great language. And one of those words is Advent. Advent, beginning. The advent of something is the start of. And it's also the root word, as I say every Christmas, of adventure. The idea that the Christmas story should start us on a certain form of adventure, a certain way of moving through forward in our lives. And at New Church Live, one of the things I really do believe, I don't believe church can actually exist without community in some way, shape, or form. So we do have things for our in-person community. We have things as well for our online community. We have service things for communities that need. And what I want to just give you a quick invite to is this one for our online, a Christmas conversation 14th of December for an evening, 8 p.m. Zoom call. You're more than welcome to hop on a Zoom call. We're just going to talk about Christmas a little bit. Let everybody just get a chance to, to chat. Just that simple. A way to talk about Christmas, what it means for you, what's the Christmas message for you, what do you want to carry in your heart this Christmas season. So you're more than welcome to join us. You can find it on our homepage under the events tab, as well as many of the other things we have going on this Christmas season. So today, friends, what we're going to be looking at is, is we're going to be looking at this, at this shift here from fear to hope, from fear to hope. And, and as many of you know, at New Church Live, we're, we're really blessed that we get to work with a local college every Friday, not for New Church Live, but for something they call Friday Morning Live. Several hundred students join us, and it's a wonderful, wonderful event every week. And I was talking to them about it and, and talking about like where we can stand with Christmas and, and what we might be thinking of every Christmas season. And the idea is this, and, and this, is, this is really a big one. I, I said it last week, but I want to repeat it again. I am struck by life like how with the big threshold moments, big moments, yep, you get to choose where you have lunch today. We get that. But with the big things of life, you know, birth and death and this and that, the really big stuff, the threshold moments, many of those, I would say most of those, we actually don't choose. And with those events, up, down, up, down, that's the way life will go to have ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And as I said last week, but I want to repeat it, for those people who have lives of deep faith, guess what? Line goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And for those people who have no faith at all, guess what? Line goes up and down and up and down and up and down. So much of the power when, when we come to that, that realization is this. You get to choose the story. Here's the events, right? And you think of them on a table. You get to choose the story. Now, we all know people who've, who've decided to look at the events of life and make a really, really dark story. 
A story just overwhelmingly filled with despair. A story in which they're constantly the victim. A story in which nothing good ever happens. You can create, we can create that story. And we can find evidence to support that story. Because life has ups and downs and ups and downs and ups. Of course you can find it. That's no small feat. And yet, we can also choose something else. We can choose to have a different story. And it, it bears repeating every single Christmas. Because this just, you know, this part, I think we're asked to let go to our souls. Not just to hear it, but to, to really kind of inhabit this idea as we get into the Christmas season. Our Christian forefathers, thousands of years ago, decided, look, we've got to find this way to communicate this story. What is this story? What is this story? What is this story? And they said the Christian story is about four things. Hope, peace, joy, and love. The four Advent candles is how we celebrate that. We have candle number one, the candle of hope lit today. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Don't let that slide by. Because, because here's this idea. We get to choose to place a story. Life's going to be what life's going to be. We get to choose to place a story in that context. Now, will that change the events of our life? No. No, it won't. But it will change our experience of life. It'll change how we interact with other people on that journey. I mean, folks, just look at simple fear and hope. Imagine interactions you have when you're all feared up, as my friend Bob would say. When you're all feared up, our reactions tend to be very small. The accidental narcissism of pain collapses us into ourselves and we're deeply fearful. But hope, hope's far different. How do we interact with people when we're hopeful? How do you interact with those you love when you're hopeful? See, that's, that's the story here, folks. That, that, that's, that's, that's where we're to place it in. And, and please remember that we always get to choose the story. And so this Christmas season, let's think about that. Let's think about how to choose well. So as the musicians come out for our first song here, I want to welcome you all to New Church Live. Wherever you are, however you're joining us, in your pajamas, it's great to have you here whatever day of the week. It's great to have you here whatever part of the country. It is great to have you here. Thank you for joining us as we start together this adventure known as Advent. Welcome, friends. Welcome to New Church Live. Spirit through 
What a beautiful song. Just a, a quick note to folks too. We had a little computer glitch in there and just, if there's ever a problem, Marcus is so good at getting these computer glitches fixed in a hurry. Feel free to just, I mean, what you can do is refresh, refresh the screen and usually that, usually that will do it. If not, a hammer sometimes works. So folks, I wanna talk about, about this, this beautiful story with Mary here. And, and, and we're looking at the mother of the Lord here, and it's, it's a beautiful part of the story. I mean, Mary plays such a pivotal role, both in the Christmas story and the Easter story. And I wanna start with this. We have to remember that, that, that it's interesting again, and it needs said again and again, that Mary is the mother of the Lord, mother, mother of, of Jesus coming into this world, that, that she was very much a plain person. There was nothing fancy about her. She was a young teenager, because that's when people got married. Life expectancy was into, it was probably about 32, 33, 34, somewhere around there. And so by the time you hit your teenage years, you were starting to look to get married and have a family, and that was her story as well. She would have been poor. She was a woman, and a woman at that time was, again, it was a very misogynistic culture. And she was living in a land occupied by the Romans. So there was nothing that would say, this woman will be highly successful <laughs> in any Western sense of that at all. That's not accidental. That's very much on purpose. That's very much part of God's message because if God's message is gonna be a message, an advent that's, that's gonna be good news for all people, you kind of have to work from the bottom up. And don't think of that the bottom up, oh yeah, that's them and over there. No, that's us too. It's the bottom up in our lives moving forward. And there's two particular parts of the story we're gonna look at today. One is the Annunciation and two is the Magnificat. Now sometimes Christianity is these beautiful words like Advent that are very easy to understand, and other times there's these big words that we would never use in casual conversation. Annunciation, Magnificat. But they're good words to know, they're, they're part of sort of the Christian uh, lectionary, and, and I wanna talk about them a bit today. So let's look at number one. Let's look at the idea of the Annunciation. The Annunciation is, is where Mary finds out that she is to give birth to a child. And I'll, I'll read you the story here. The story starts out. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was her cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And we'll take a look at that idea of, of greetings, you are highly favored. We're gonna pull that apart several times during the service today. But it's, it's a beautiful start to it. And here, and here folks, you see this incredible, incredible painting called the Annunciation. It's a beautiful painting. Actually, Susan and I went down to Philadelphia to see it. It's beautiful and it, it, I love the humility there in her face. Look at her face for a second. There's this deep humility. And the angel shows up and the angel says, greetings, 
greetings, and then also goes on to say about her being highly favored. And, and that idea, greetings, folks, it's, it's, you know, looking at that word, it's not just like greetings where the angel comes up and says, hi. It, it has this beautiful, could also be used as the word to, to be cheerful or to be joyful. Isn't that interesting? Like, here's this greeting, and it's this greeting that's done with the angel Gabriel, done with a smile, it's done with joy, it's done with great happiness. Because that's the way spirituality should work in all of our lives. I think, and I say it a lot, I think that's why we need to read the Bible. For the most part, if it's a story involving Jesus, we need to read most of what he says as, as with him having a smile on his face. Christian New Church perspective, we don't even believe God can frown. God cannot frown. Just think about that for a second. Try to do that for a day. But that idea of, of greeting, that idea of cheerfully, joyfully welcoming, it, it has all those connotations to it. And then, and then makes the announcement, and, and I want to read to you a poem here. It's a beautiful poem by Mary, Mary Howie, and I put this up on, on my Facebook page if you want to see it. It's, it's, I, it's, I don't know, I have like three or four favorite poems. This is one of them, I read it every time dealing with the Annunciation because it's, it's so incredibly powerful. Even if I don't see it again, here she's talking about seeing an angel, see it again, nor ever feel it. I know it is, not was there, I know it is. And that if once it hailed me, it ever does. That's, oh man, there's so much hope in that line. That idea that if we see it once, that for a lot of us, that will be enough because then we know it is. The it is love, the it is God. The it is our souls coming open. And if we see it once, we see it forever. She goes on, the poem goes on. So it is myself I want to turn in that direction. Think of her again, that picture. Think of her turning to the light. And maybe if we go back to the painting there for a second, Marcus, you know, and maybe she was asleep facing the wall, and maybe there's this turning in towards the light. Imagine it maybe being that way. So it is myself I want to turn in that direction, not as toward a place, but it was a tilting within myself. That's, you know, it's this beautiful tilting, this, this, this reorientation that's so hard to capture in language. As one turns a mirror to flash the light to where it isn't. I was blinded like that and swam in what shone at me. Oh, that's so good. Swam in what shone at me. A few nights ago, I was walking home and a beautiful full moon was rising right behind a local church. And it was so beautiful. And just sitting in a minute there, sitting in that light, sitting in what shone at all of us or what shines at all of us, only able to endure it by being no one and so specifically myself, I thought I'd die from being loved like that. That line's so good, right? And, and that's the way spirituality is. We sort of our, our self and think of our ego here, that ends up being no one. So, so our self kind of dissipates. And what happens is we become so much ourselves it's hard to imagine being loved that much. She captures poetically, I think, what the Annunciation clearly is pointing towards. And it's interesting. So the, so the story goes, and this angel makes this, this announcement. And as with all the big characters in Christmas, the primary reaction to the good news, tidings of great joy, is fear. And I think that's very human as well. So here we pick it up. Again, this is from Luke 1. The angel said to her, so Mary's kind of agitated, like this, this big announcement comes and she's, she's young and she's poor and she's engaged but not married and, and you know, has this big task ahead of her. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. And again, don't see that as a scold. See that within that context of joyful, cheerful greeting. Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and become the son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. Beautiful, beautiful line there, folks. 
Now, there were parts here, folks, where, where, she, where she had to move. There were, there were fears she had to overcome. She had to overcome, clearly, the fear of condemnation. I mean, at this, time, at this point in time, a child out of wedlock literally could be a death sentence. Literally could be a death sentence. And again, it's, it's interesting for people who like look at the Bible and they say every word of it is true. You got to be careful with that. Because the Old Testament view was that if a woman had a child out of wedlock, out of strict wedlock, she was to be stoned. If your children misbehaved, <laughs> you could look at a there's a biblical command that the children should be stoned if they disobeyed their parents or dishonored them. We can't read the Bible. We have to take it seriously. We cannot take every single one of those things literally or we'd all be in trouble. But clearly that was part of the fear. That would have been a very real fear in her, in her head. The fear, the fear of being ostracized. The fear of not being part of community. And then probably the fear as well that she was asked to, being something, asked to do something that was impossible. And I'm using impossible in quotes here. She was asking to bring this savior, being part of bringing this savior into the world. That feels impossible. That should feel maybe, maybe, I don't know, it's a whole other line of thought. Maybe that should feel impossible for all of us because what a task. What a job to try as best and as humbly and as imperfectly and as brokenness with all our brokenness to be able to do the best we can to, to bring God into the world as best we can. Not that God needs us to do that. God's got all that handled, but it's clear that God wants us in on the plan. He wants all of us in on the plan. And that plan, folks, is where we start out, where we, where we recenter life. Where we center our life, we recenter it on blessing. We recenter our life on blessing. Just, just for a minute. Let's all get a big breath. Just imagine really recentering your life. Really, just, just picture your life. Pick it pictured up, picked up, moved over, plopped down on this thing called blessing. Now, are you going to be able to do that every day? No way. But I think that's, that's the start. I think that's why, again, greetings, highly favored one. I think that's to try to get her oriented towards blessing. Because the fear's going to come. Many of you have heard this little ditty, and it's a beautiful one. You know, the idea that the angels danced on the day you were born. The angels danced on the day you were born. And when we start to come into that blessing, we start to orient our lives that way. I think maybe that's the space where the Magnificat can happen. And again, I'm using it, it generically here, you know, Magnificat in terms of magnification, which we'll talk about here in a minute. There's one of the more beautiful lines in the, in the, in the Bible is this one from her cousin Elizabeth, and this is from Luke 1. So, so Mary, she's now, she's gonna give birth, and then she goes to visit her cousin, her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth has this beautiful line, as soon as I heard the voice of your greeting in my ear, notice the word greeting there, the babe leaped in my womb. That whole idea of, of leaping for joy. And they, take a look, folks, at this beautiful, beautiful statue that captures that moment. You know, the humility, the humility that was no doubt part of it and the joy that was part of it as well. That sets up the Magnificat. So just the way the story goes, and again, hear it as, as maybe God would have you hear it, you know, and that'll be maybe a little different for each of us, but again, we're talking about faith here that's, that's not an argument or a geometric proof. We're talking about faith that's a story. Faith that allows us to wrap our life events with these beautiful things. And it starts out here with Mary's story, the story of the Annunciation. She goes to visit her cousin and she's, she's probably getting it now. She's probably had a sense. And as soon as she sees her cousin, her cousin comes up to her and yes, the, babe, the baby in my womb jumped for joy, 
jumped for joy when it heard your voice. Mm. And then Mary offers this beautiful piece of scripture, which is called the Magnificat. We're going to look at, at one part of it today. It's a beautiful piece. My soul magnifies. That's why they call it the Magnificat, the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. My soul magnifies the Lord. That brings this question, folks. What does it mean to actually magnify God in our lives? What does that mean? And, and, and when we magnify God in our lives, I, I, I just think it's not, oh man, what would be the right word? Has anybody ever walked up to you with a bright flashlight and shown it right in your eyes? Does not work well. That's not magnifying the Lord. <laughs> it's not blinding other people. Magnifying the Lord is where we take these, these little starts in our lives these little seeds that are starting to grow. You could look at the advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. Could be those. Could, could be little, little bits of kindness. Could be this stirring from God. That, you know, the idea from a Christian New Church perspective that God speaks to us when we feel compassion. We feel compassion for another person. That's God directly talking to you. And what if we take just that, that little seed that may be so small, it's almost impossible to see. And we magnify it. We amplify it. We take this little thing and we do the best we can to live it out there into the world. It doesn't take greatness to magnify the Lord. What it takes is humility. Just simple humility. That there are little things that God stirs in all of our lives, and can we take those little things and can we magnify them outward? Amplify them. Can we bring them more and more to life? And what starts to happen, folks, is, is I start to think, I would imagine we all would agree, that, that what starts to happen is, is we see fear starting to switch to hope. You know, Mary clearly, you know, was started out with this whole enunciation with a lot of fear. Very, very understandable fear. And, and again, we can put ourselves right in her shoes and imagine if we were in her shoes, we'd be afraid too. I mean, for much lesser reasons than she would be, but there'd still be a lot of fear even today in, in 2023. And yet, there's this hope then that starts to grow. This, 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 as we move forward, there's a hope and it, it grows out of these, these little small pieces. It grows out of this idea of blessing. And, and it just starts to shift and we start to become hopeful out there into the world. Now again, friends, I, I wanna say it's important to have all this within the context of you get to choose your story. Christianity gives a beautiful story. I mean, that's its power. It's not the power of perfection. It's not the power of five steps to fill in the blank. It doesn't have any of that. What it creates is a music that surrounds the whole thing. What it creates is a storytelling, a narration that amplifies these tiny little, these tiny little grains of kindness and magnifies them out there into the world. What does that look like? Let's take a look at a little video to give us a sense of what it looks like to move these things forward to maybe magnify the Lord. I'm Steve Hartman, and happy holidays to you and your family wherever you're celebrating. And welcome to our special Home for the Holidays. If you watched even just a little bit of news in 2021, you probably felt fear, division, and strife. But there were also moments of hope, people who inspired us and restored our faith in humanity. We told those stories on the road, 
And in the next hour, we'll show you some of our favorites. We're confident these stories will remind you of how much good really is out there. And we begin with some of our favorite stories about family, both traditional and unconventional. First up, a story about a son whose devotion to his mother knows no bounds. By his own admission, Dustin Vitale was a mama's boy. Mom, you ready? He cooked Gloria breakfast every morning. That's my baby. And thanked her for the privilege. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> as we first reported back in March. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> because Dustin had such devotion, after his mom was diagnosed with terminal bladder cancer, he decided to try to take her on the trip she always dreamed of, to see the pyramids in Egypt. With the whole family, 14 people. Never mind that Dustin works as a middle school teacher in Philadelphia and could never afford the $10,000 to fly everyone. He thought he could raise the cheddar by selling cheesesteaks. There was no way you were gonna make enough money selling cheesesteaks out of your house. Yeah, correct, yeah, correct. So given that, what was pushing you forward? Just my, just my mom, you know, just the love for my mom. And so, with his love and her recipe, Dustin started making sandwiches. Sandwiches so big, no container could contain. He peddled them to friends and family. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support. But those people must have told their friends and family, too. Because almost immediately, cars started double parking outside his house. Yep. Get your mom to Egypt. I'm trying, man. Next, word spread on social media. Oh, my God. That's good. And before he knew it, oh, so good. folks were lined up down the block. A food truck operator offered his services. And in just six weeks, Dustin raised all the money he needed and then some. $18,000. The pharaoh was coming. The trip was in May. Oh my. The Egyptian government had seen our story and gave Gloria the Cleopatra treatment. She repeated over and over that it was the best thing that she's ever done in her life. Thank you. And she died not long after you got back. Yeah, came home and did hospice and passed. Did the whole trip help you at all with the grieving? Yes, we created so many new memories that will last forever. And to make sure no one ever forgets her, Dustin wants to open a cheesesteak restaurant. He doesn't know where or when, he just knows the name. Gloria's. I, I love, I mean, it sounds, sounds so, uh, you know, to our modern ears, the words say magnify the Lord. It sounds sort of middle ages in a lot of ways. We wouldn't use that phrase a lot maybe today, but that's magnifying the Lord. That's it. That's, that's what it means, folks. That's, that's that taking that small little piece, that small little kernel, and then, and then just doing the best we can to amplify it out there into the world. Now remember, that doesn't change life circumstances. It didn't save his mother from, a, from death. I mean, he'll see her again in heaven, but, but there's a loss there. But you see, it's a story that's now wrapped, that's now wrapped in a new way. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Something new is born there. Something, something grows. Something grows. And of course, we can giggle at certain parts of that. I love the part where he says, yeah, they started double parking in Philadelphia. They double park everywhere in Philadelphia. That's nothing new. But to see how that, to see how that spread, folks, that's when God starts to be born in our lives. That's what we can start to welcome this Advent season. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. 
Live is Angela. I just wanted to tell you about three ways you can get involved at New Church Live. The first way is we are sponsoring a family again this Christmas season. It's through Gemma Services that support a supports families in a myriad of ways. Um, they support families in the greater Philadelphia area. So if you want to see that wish list and you want to purchase an item to help us sponsor this family, there's a QR code here or you can go to the events tab on our website and that will have all the details as well. Items are due by December 14th and should arrive unwrapped. Um, and the next way you can support New Church Live is by making a donation. We rely on the generosity and support of this congregation to fuel everything that we do here. Things like this Gemma wish list, um, you know, everyone can either sponsor an item, you can pick an item and you can purchase it yourself, or New Church Live will finish that list and make sure that we have all the items on the wish list. And so your donation supports things like those community service efforts. Um, so if you want to make a donation, you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and you can make a donation that way. Or you can go to our website and click the donate tab. And lastly, there's a really great, easy, free way to support New Church Live that we hope that you will share our content. So if you've seen a service and you you are inspired, you can share it on your social media. You could go to the events tab and look at all of the events that we have going on this Christmas season and share them with your friends and family. We are really looking to broaden our New Church Live family. And the best way to do that is through you sharing our content. And the best way is that, or the best thing is that it's free. You can do it completely on your own and it supports New Church Live in a really important way. So thank you all for getting involved and thank you all for being here today. I wish you a wonderful Sunday. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Angela. So I, I want to close by, by just talking again about this beautiful tradition of lighting candles. You know, this idea that it starts with this, with this beautiful idea of a light we call hope. Just this small little light. And it's, it's beautiful. I mean, Emily's voice just so carried that song. I love that song. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Now, again, those are, those are very old words, but the, but the meaning of those words is just fascinating because those words will help us to remember to be the hope. Not to have hope, 
though that's a really good thing, not just to, to sort of possess hope, though that's a good thing, but literally like to be, to start out Christmas season by saying, yep, I'm going to be the hope today. Or maybe if you can just do it for the afternoon, <laughs> I'm going to be the hope this afternoon. See, those words, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, you know, rejoice, and many of you have heard this before, you know, the word rejoice actually means thrive. Thrive. And Emmanuel means God with us. Thrive. God's with us. Thrive. God, I mean, how much more hopeful a statement can we have? What a story to start to wrap our lives with. And then what we do is, is then we can take this hope, folks, and we can do this. We can make sure that it's celebrated and shared. Similar to what Angela said there, and some of that's very mundane ways, like sharing a, a piece of content that might give someone hope that you want to share. That's great. It's, it's, this, it's, this, it's this space, folks, if we really, and this is so hard, like language always, always fails us in so many ways. Maybe points us, but it fails us at the same time. It's, it's if we really understand, if we really can come from that blessing part, we really understand in our, in our souls that there's this part of God that is forever, forever being born in our lives, starting very small, but growing out there. And, and our job is to sort of clean the window and to allow that, that presence of God to be magnified as best, as, our, as best we can, which will be with a lot of humility and a lot of imperfection and a lot of mistakes and a lot of joy. You know, we, we, we're, here, we're here to do that. And when, when we do that, I don't know that there's much of a choice but to celebrate life. And that's, that's really hard, right? Because, because there are all kinds of things to be afraid of. That's why there is this command, do not be afraid. It's very hard to be afraid, especially when, when, when hard things happen, when we live in a hard place, when we, we're in a hard season of life, which all of us go through. But that's where maybe we can come back to this idea again of, of the angel saying greetings, highly favored one. The word greetings, again, cheerful, joyful, and highly favored ones. You know, I was looking that up, looking at that a little bit more, and, and highly favored, it's actually talking about speaking well. You are spoken well of. I think we could add, and so do the same for other people. It's the same word, found favor. It's the same word in Greek as we get the word eulogy from. To speak well of others. Folks, when we do that, I, I think we start to see salvation in this story in a very different way. I, th I think so much of the time, the story gets centered as, as sort of transactional salvation. You know, here's the story from 2,023 years ago. And I'm going to look at that story, I'm going to go, yep, that's what happened, and that there's some kind of magical transaction that instantly brings healing to all our lives and brings salvation moving forward to eternity. Now, is it important to look at the historical story? Absolutely. Do I believe it? Absolutely. Do I hope all of you believe it? I imagine so. That's, that's incredibly beautiful and powerful. But don't allow it just to be a transaction with this past event. Instead, maybe consider this, maybe consider it a transformative event in your life here and now. It's not holding it back there. It's bringing it here. Living it here. Allowing God to be born in your life now. and watching the transformation that takes place. That's God's work. We get to celebrate it. We get to remember the blessing. With a smile, we get to remember that the angels truly danced when you were born. And the angels truly danced as our souls come alive. So friends, as we do go forward into this holiday season, the last word really is this. As best you can, 
even if it's just for today, if you can't do it for the full day, just do it for this afternoon. Be the hope. Really. Be the hope. The world needs it. It's not some saccharine sweet thing. It may mean rolling up your sleeves and figuring out a way to make a better cheesesteak. I don't know. But be the hope. Allow that to be the first light lit this Advent season. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is we're going to close with a prayer, with a blessing, a little moment of meditation, and then a final song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for being with us with all the grace and all the mercy that you bring to our lives. Help us, Lord, in some small way, again, to welcome in that light of hope, to help us be the hope. To see this story, of course, is a beautiful historical event. And maybe most importantly, Lord, to take that historical event and plant it in our lives now as a seed, as a light, as a way to rejoice, a way to thrive, a way to bring forward good news, not just for a select group, but for all nations, for all people, for all time. And that includes us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week, friends. sidewalks dressed in holiday style in the air there's a feeling of christmas children laughing people passing meet and smile after smile and on every street corner you hear silver bells silver time in the city ring a ling hear them ring soon it will be Christmas day strings of street lights even stoplights blink a bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crunch, see the kids bunch. This is Santa's big scene. And above all this bustle, you hear silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city.
Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.